Welcome to the Building Stronger Agents podcast, where we dive in to see what makes the top agents, teams, and brokers thrive. Today, we're interviewing one of my friends, Amy Hose. Uh, Amy is a top agent in a town in Ohio called Medina, and uh, she dominates that town. And uh, I'm excited to have her on the podcast. Thanks for being here, Amy. Thank you for having me, Will. Oh, you're welcome. So, uh, before we get started, tell us about yourself. Like you've been in the business since 2007, like right before the housing crash. And um, I know you're not a bragger, so I'll brag for you. You've got a small team of eight doing about 42 million in sales, which is amazing. Uh, like, tell us uh, what got you into real estate. So we owned rental properties before we um, before we actually owned our very first home. And oh, that's funny. We had little babies and real estate just seemed to be the next, you know, um, it just seemed to be the next step. You know, uh, I was a young mom. We were young parents. And, you know, I wanted a career. Uh, college didn't seem to be the right avenue for me. So right. I, this is, you know, it just kind of, it just felt right. Oh, good for you. Well, you did, how long were you a, a solo agent or did you have a team right away? I was a solo agent for about four years. And then my volume just, I mean, I had more coming in than I knew no, I knew what to do with. And at the time I had just gotten started, I, I would say about a year and a half in, I actually um, started working for Legacy Homes of Medina. So, oh, all right. Yeah, good builder. Yeah. So um, I represented John. And, but then, you know, the residential, you know, started really picking up. And so I had to kind of venture out and and start doing, you know, the residential and focusing more on that than uh, Mm -hmm. the construction. So, so I've, I've gotten to experience a lot of really cool things. I've gotten to a lot of knowledge from working in new construction and working with, you know, residential. Did you set out to start a team or just have, you just had to bring other people in because you were having business that you couldn't service? Is that what happened? Yeah, I just, I just had too much coming in and I, I couldn't do it all. I was, like I said, I was a young mom. So not only did I have my family, but then I also had, you know, all, all these calls coming in and there was just one of me. So, and at the time there was only one other team in the Howard Hanna office that I was out of. So forming a team was kind of scary because I didn't know what I was doing. And so, you know, my manager helped me at the time and we just kind of figured it out. I mean, we're still learning, but it's one of those things where it was just kind of, um, it's, it made the most sense. So right now, where was all this business coming from? Just because people knew you or were you buying leads back then? We didn't buy leads, but it was a lot of, um, you know, meeting people, doing the parade of homes. It was just, I did open houses. I mean, that's honestly how I started meeting people. I was doing open houses and, um, but then we got into Zillow and at, at the time Zillow was brand spanking new. So I had a hundred percent of Zillow in Medina. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was a big deal back then. I got on a Zillow wagon in 2010. They started in 09, I think here. Yeah. So we, so we, that was, you got a ton of business from that. Yes. We took it. Yeah. And, 
And that's how, um, that's how I got to be, you know, so overwhelmed with, <laughs> with calls and, and people, you know, just, it was just too much. So. Right. So looking back when you, you know, you've got eight, eight people now, and you mentioned you've got somebody, um, that just took their test. Is that right? Yep. She just so brand new yesterday. Well, that's exciting. So looking back, are there any things that you would have done differently? Like growing a team and dealing with people is uh, tough, but like, is there anything that you, like if you had a friend of yours, that was a solo agent and they wanted to start a team and they were just hanging out with you and you just casually told, like gave them some, some direction, what do you think you'd tell them? Interview them very, very well, get to know them and be particular about who you want on your team, who you think that would work, you know, amazingly side by side, you know, I mean, you just, I can't stress that enough. The importance of work ethic, um, you know, you've got to find people who want to work. I've had my fair share of ups and downs. You know, I, I think that's one of the biggest thing is, you know, they may look good on paper, but you really need to, to dive in and really get to know them because yeah. <laughs> and they all tell you that everyone I've never had. Now my team now is amazing. I've got four women. They're amazing. I've got n- no duds. Everyone's amazing. But I've had three guys over the years. I had one woman years ago who was a dud, but I had three guys. They all come in. They're like tenants. Every tenant says they're going to be the best tenant ever, even even if they're the one that gets kicked out two months later. They all started off saying they were amazing and they'll be amazing. Every guy, he's like, oh, I want to make 300000 a year. I actually had a guy that told me he wanted to make 300000 a year. He sold no homes. He actually sold no homes in six months. I had another guy that went an entire year without selling a home. Um, He had another job, but he actually went a whole year. And I called him up ahead of time. I'm like, I really don't want you to ever have to look in the mirror and say, I got a real estate license and went a whole year. What can we do? I mean, I said, I'm not worried about me, but I'd hate to have you have to look at yourself and say that. (laughs) It's So to your point, it's really hard, isn't it? To be able to like getting like right out of the gate. I will say I have learned an awful lot in the last year. And I know that's crazy because I've been doing this for 15 years, but I have learned so much. And I've also learned to have a voice as before. I was always afraid of hurting someone's feelings. And I was afraid of, you know, um, telling them, Hey, uh, I really need you to answer the phone. I really, you know, when, when I have agents calling me and telling me that one of my agents on my team isn't getting back to them after them trying numerous times, it's not okay. It's just not. And so I've learned in this past year to to be more vocal because I'm we're really easygoing. You know, my husband. Oh, I know you're you're one of the most easygoing. Considering your success, your 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 personality in terms of being easygoing and nice does not match up with the amount of production you do. You're so nice. I appreciate you saying that. And, and well, I, it's true. I know you work at it. You, I want to be. I want to be a good person and I want to be nice. And I don't want people to think the, the biggest thing is I want people to look at me as their team member. I, I'm, I don't want to be a boss per se. Like I, I want everybody to be able to relate to me 
And I don't want to be known as, you know, a mean person. I just, I'm just not. Oh, I hear you. You know, but when I have agents calling me saying, hey, I can't get a hold of your agent and I've contacted them numerous times. That's not okay. So that's when I'm like, all right, what's going on? You know? So over the last year then, what are you, other than having a voice and setting expectations, what, what do you find yourself doing differently? What can other agents learn from you? Um, being brutally honest. And I am a brutally honest person. I will just tell you. I'm oh, I know you are. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not passive aggressive. No, I'm not. So <laughs> I have become much better at saying, hey, listen, this is what I expect. And we don't expect much. We just want people to answer the phones. We want competent agents who are hungry and want to work because that's me. That's who I am. That's what I do. Right. And I know I'm not going to find, you know, me again. Right. But well, I they won't want to work for you. The ones that are you don't want to work for you. Right. You want team players. You don't want uh, someone who's just going to be out, you know, a solo player. Because they don't, yeah. they aren't, they're never going to fit on your team. But right. you also have to set expectations, set standards, explain the culture and what you, you know, and everyone has to work within that. Yes. And I'm, I'm still learning. Every day is a learning process because there are things, like I said, I mean, we've grown and we've grown so much and I've had my ups and downs with them and I've seen them come and go. But, you know, I have my core agents and they're really good, you know, so exactly. And you want to you want to treat them well. Yep. And I'm working on building a team just like you explained. Team players, no negative energy. I don't like negative energy. You know, we want positive people um, that talk with a smile. You know, it's, it, it's, it's not rocket science. It's just, you, you no, have it isn't. want it. Well, and you have to teach it back here because by the time they get to the front line and they're dealing with home buyers and sellers, it's about, a, it's about relationships, everything. You can't get to your business j- level just on Zillow leads. It's about building relationships, right? And having cheerleaders and core advocates out there. That's how you get the business year. You couldn't spend enough money to generate the number of deals that you guys do in a year if it if you weren't building relationships. Exactly. And people are more than just a transaction. And I feel like a lot of agents lose that. You know, um, you want to be friends with your clients. You want to have a good relationship. <laughs> and I think that's really important. Are you going to get along with everyone? No. You know, as much as I would love to, there are just some people who, you know, they just, they don't work well with, you know, any of us. It, it just, yeah. it's just the nature of the beast, but we try. Yeah. And you just get them through it. Yeah. Yeah. What are you guys doing or what are you doing as a leader? What are you uh, to stay in touch with your past people and your clients? What are you doing to nurture those relationships over time so that they come back to you? Well, so I keep in touch with a lot of people just through text messaging or a phone call here or there. I think the biggest thing is a lot of people will just close it and then move on. But I have a lot of my clients who become my friends. You know, I'll just check in and say, hey, I just wanted to let you know I was thinking about you just silly things like that. And it might not mean much to us, but it means a lot to them. 
you know? Because they're not expecting it. Like, when was the last time your accountant called you just to check in to see how you were doing? Kurt deals with the accountant. No, but my point is, is that we're the realtor, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if what other professional in your life actually checks in? But we do it, so it must be a big deal. Nobody. Nobody does it. A lot of the relationships are one-sided. No, I know that. So uh, are your are your team agents staying in touch with their people? I mean, do you have, you, tr- you mentioned before, you're trying to get some processes in place to make sure that everyone's staying in touch with everyone, that they all know that that's, that's where you stand, like it's about relationships. I'm constantly. Your agents. Yeah, I'm constantly on top of them. Not in a rude or mean way by any means, but I'm constantly saying, hey guys, you need, you know, make sure you're doing this, make sure you're doing right. that. You know, there, there are certain expectations that, you know, we have in place and some of them, you know, is just from in the past learning how to get through, you know, and, and what works and what doesn't. And like I said, it, we're constantly mm-hmm. learning, but I think the biggest thing is just making sure that people are staying in touch with those people that aren't, you know, in the now. You know, you have some agents who want always easy. Well, guess what? It's real estate. It's not not easy, you know, and those are the ones who, who really struggle, I think, Um, because a lot of these are nurturing. A lot of them are, you know, um, you have to stay in front of them because there are so many flipping agents, you know, so you have to stay in front of these people or they'll just move on to the next. You really need to set yourself apart from the others. And I There's think, so many distractions now. Yes. Yeah. It's and so easy to get forgotten. Well, you obviously, just based on your numbers, um, you do a good job of that. Now, as this market shifts as a team leader, where's your head in terms of, like, do you plan on doing anything different or um, to, to get listings or uh, is there anything that you're doing different? Do, what do you see happening in the marketplace? I started seeing a shift really in June and I know that, you know, we saw it coming, you know, but I really saw a change in June and I've seen appraisal issues. I've seen, um, I've seen buyers backing out of houses because they thought they paid, you know, there's a lot of stuff. The only thing I can say is that we need to be educating our clients you know, and that's what I'm doing. And I would hope that my girls are doing the same. But I think the biggest thing is education. You have got to be educating these people because of the shift and how volatile this market is. So you're saying setting expectations early on, because there's certain things that we know that they're going to run into, such as a parent telling them they pay too much. Or getting to the home inspection and they bring dad along and he freaks them out. Or they go to work after they paid 10000 over list or 20000 over list and someone uh, is a Debbie Downer. We have to let them know. I mean, I let them know about that. Like, I kind of put that into the conversation before they even write the offer. I set I, them up for buyer's remorse for all of it. I do the same exact thing. The very first time I talk to them, it you know, if it's a buyer, I'm telling them, hey, listen, here's what's going on. And if it's a seller, I'm doing the same because 
I can't stress how important it is to be educating these people because you still have some people who are in the 2021 mindset and we're not there anymore. It's done. That, that year is done. Um, so I, I've, well, I mean, just to give you an example, I went to a home a couple of weeks ago and, you know, against my better judgment, I did it backwards but they had to get their house on the market in order to write an offer on another <laughs> home. Okay. And so we had, I had a jam packed full day, but I, I was, I went over there first thing in the morning and I took pictures of the home. I went back and I ran this, you know, the sale comps. Um, like I said, that's not normally how I do things, but right. I needed to do it for this particular situation. I go back and I run the comps and I say, okay, here's the thing. You know, this is, this is my gut feeling because that's what I do. I say, okay, this is my gut feeling. I obviously will list it for whatever you're comfortable with, but this is what the market's showing me. This is what I'm seeing. And these people wanted a hundred thousand dollars more for their home than what, than what that area, there was nothing even remotely close. And I went back six months and I'm like, I, I just, there's no way. And so, um, but I was very kind. I said, I mean, I, I will list it, whatever you're comfortable with. But ultimately I didn't get the listing because I, oh. them because I told them the truth and I showed yeah. them what the market's bringing and they didn't want to hear it. So that's happened to me lately, but I found, and I tell my, I tell my team agents, the problem is if you get a, if you have to drag a client into the relationship or if you overprice a listing uh, knowingly just to appease them, the amount of energy and anxiety that they will, they could like cost you a, your, the summer or the fall. Like, cause we have long relationships. You list the house, you could be stuck with them for 90 days or 120 days or whatever. And then they get angry or if they're a problem client or if they show me early on that they're they're just going to be really hard to manage and I can't like I have to watch what I say every time I'm they're they have to be concerned about their feelings all the way through I've just found that it's better to step away from those people because to get one extra client but they can ruin 2 months of your life they could be like the whole time it's pending and they're just demanding and they're yelling or they're upset and they're trying to trip you up people like that i just stay away from anymore so if i i won't knowingly and it's hard but i won't knowingly list a house too much overpriced because i know that when it doesn't go their way they're going to then look back and say i was the professional but they didn't want to listen to me as a professional at the beginning right well i always tell them we'll try it for a week if you're not getting the activity you you like, then we need to we need to adjust the price. And nine times out of ten, they'll just say, "You know what? We don't want to. We don't want to mess with that." And so they'll do it. But not these people. Nope. <laughs> but you know, I look, um, I look at people like that. It's very easy for us to become complacent. So I look at problem clients uh, or people that I have trouble communicating with. I look at those as a gift, like to help me sharpen my tools. I try not to look at them as negative. I try to go, okay, I'm going to do my very best to, uh, to make them happy. Big question. Um, 
obviously you were at the, your previous companies. Were you there the whole time? So my first year being licensed, I started out with one company and I was kind of being held back. I knew what I wanted to do and I knew I could do it, but my manager just would not let me. So she made me work all these open houses with these other agents. And I just kept saying, can I please just do it on my own? Can I please just do it on my own? It was like four months went by. I picked up a client on my very first open house. I listed their house the next month and, or maybe like a couple weeks later. And so from May to July, I sold four homes. Was that your first year? Yes. And that's legit. Then I didn't really love it there. I didn't. I didn't right. think it was a good fit. But how the whole thing came about was I didn't know any better. And I saw an ad in the newspaper saying, oh, Are you interested in a career in real estate? Well, yes, I am. Right. I didn't realize <laughs> you had to go, you should go and interview other brokerages. So that was one thing I regret not doing. But I ended up going over to Realty One, okay? And so oh, yeah. Realty One, I it was great for the month and a half I was there or something because then we were bought. And so By Howard Hanna. Then yes. And so then I was with Howard Hanna for almost 14 years. Right. So an agent who's as productive you as you are at a company that like Howard Hanna that's a great they're a great traditional real estate brokerage. Um, what opened your eyes to, uh, and I know you don't like change. We've talked about that before. Yeah. What opened your eyes to EXP Realty? Well, honestly, the retirement plan was very appealing because let's be honest, I don't want to be doing this forever. I don't. And, um, you know, there comes a certain point in your life where you're like, all right, Things need to change. I need to look at the long term instead of the daily grind. And I think that was that was one of the contributing factors. Another one was more money, obviously. You know, that's a motivation. And I was the, blown away by the amount of money that you said you saved. Didn't you say it was like a hundred grand a year? Over a hundred thousand dollars a year is, you know, so what we did last year, I could have made over $100,000 more if I would have been under EXP last year. Doing the same amount of business. Yes. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's a lot. Well, it's because they're cloud-based. I mean, you already know. I mean, uh, so that so so the revenue share portion, being able to build an organization. Well, plus you're, you're already building stock. I bet you've got, you know, your stock accounts building up as well, I'm sure. Yes. And yes. the stock's real low right now, so you want to get as much as you can. Absolutely. Well, that's good. We're we're sure glad to have you. Now, um, this is my 10th month, I think. 11th. It'll be a year in October. So, yeah, we've been... Um, I could never imagine myself going back to another brokerage. We had our own company for 21 years, but I'm so excited being here and being able to connect with people like you. I couldn't do that before, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. so hard at other companies. No one wants to, they talk about collaboration and culture, but everyone's a competitor. And it, I've found that at EXP, 
I don't want to make this about EXP, but the fact of the matter is at EXP, because it's one company and everyone's a stock, an owner in the company because the stock that they they get, um, it makes everyone want to be part of something positive. Like you said before, you want to you don't want to be the the very successful female agent that everyone hates because you're rude to them. Well, at EXP, it seems like the agents want to their slogans one big fire because it's one company across the country. Everyone that I've run into anyway, they seem to want to contribute on that level. Like they like collaborating. They want to be kind of like you and I want to be the nice productive agents. The other agents at EXP seem to want to help others as well. Um, just because they, they, you know, it's a, it's a fast paced, positive environment and everyone seems to want to contribute. That's what I found anyway. Are you finding that to be the case? I absolutely do. I couldn't, I can't even tell you the amount of EXP agents that reached out to me. It was honestly, the whole process was, it was wonderful. I mean, your bumps, you know, and I cried a lot, you know, because <laughs> right. it's scary. But right. the welcome, the the welcome that we received, it was just it's amazing. And the help that we receive through, you know, EXP. And I know you don't want this to be about EXP, but I can't tell you how wonderful it has been in just the, you know, the short, what, four months I've been over. We, we made the move March 24th. So it's been, seems like light years ago, It really but you've has. already capped. You're almost icon. It's yeah. like, yes, I'm, I'm then you get all that happy. stock back. It's yeah. like, and you know, I've always ran my business kind of like how I'm doing now. I never, I have never had an office at an at a brokerage at a brick and mortar. I I've never oh. ever. Mm-hmm. Um you know and I was always told that I needed one. I needed one and I always fought against it. I, I don't I don't need that. I work out of my car or my home office or wherever. I'm certainly not a traditional type agent, you know, but right. it, it's always worked for me. It's how I have always operated and mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's good to hear. Um, what's the feedback you're getting from your agents They're now that they've made the move? Very, very happy. They like that we have help at our fingertips anytime, you know, it's needed. Uh, we can just, you know, and I'll tell you these, the monthly, um, or I'm sorry, the morning meetings, they're wonderful. They really are. I unfortunately do you go to the Wednesday, do you go to the Wednesday meetings or do your team agents go to the Wednesday meetings? They do. I have a couple, but honestly, Will, I I book myself up, you know, and yeah. so I I want I know that when things slow down a little bit, but right now it's grabbing as much as I can whenever I can. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? And I kind But I your like agents are going to your agents mm-hmm. are going to the meetings? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, mine are too. We have our own meeting on Wednesdays, but a lot of times they'll go to uh, the broker one. Have you been in the EXP world yourself? Yes. What do you think of it? I think coming it's really- from a traditional company like Howard Hanna, and now you've been thrown into the deep end of a technology-based company. What, um, what, like, what's your personal take on EXP world? It was a bit overwhelming at first because I didn't know 
I didn't know the first thing about how to do anything, but you know, right. you can yeah, go boating and you can kick a ball. You know? <laughs> but, right. But no, I really love that you can go in and look at the training that they have. You can go into different buildings and, and look at what they have to offer. I love that part of it because if there is something we can just pop in there and, you know, go where we need to go or find the answers that we're looking for. I'm a very cynical person. And when I first heard, heard of it, I'm like, it's just a video game. It's a gimmick, but it's actually for me, like if you call a credit card company or the IRS or your doctor's office and you wait and you wait and you wait at EXP world, you can go, I found anyway, you can go into accounting. There's someone like right there. You can get your question answered in a minute. You can go into onboarding and agent support. You can go into the broker office and they have office hours. That part for me is way better than I thought it would be because you can now, it's like, it's like a Zoom call, but on demand. It's like an on-demand Zoom call. You go in there, you see the, car- I see the cartoon of you, but we still have the same conversation through the microphone. And you get your questions answered right away. Right. Um, so it's like, it's not a gimmick. It's actually like the, the fastest customer service you can get in any other aspect of your life. At least that's the way I feel. That's no, what's that's happened. Exactly, like, that's exactly what I was trying to convey. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, excellent. So your team agents are, are do, they're doing well. I know obviously you guys haven't missed a beat. You're selling a bunch of houses, but... um. Or they they they've been happy with the training and yes. they feel like coming over. It's been a support for them, or it's been a good move for them. Yes, yes. Cool. That's good to hear. Yep. I figured that was the case, um, but I I don't like taking it for granted. Uh, anything you'd want done differently on that end? Any any issues at all that you're aware of? No, I don't really think so. I mean, we to date, I think we've sold about sixty two homes. You know, we put 62 homes under contract, I believe, from the time we Since March? Yes. Holy, good for you. Yes. There are just so many freaking cool tools that they have for us. And um, I'm excited to start, you know, utilizing those things because we didn't have that. You know, these companies say we're technology-based. You may have the best technology this afternoon, and somebody else tomorrow might overtake you. Yeah. So if you rest your whole hat on technology, then, and it's not about like, I found with EXP that it, and again, I, for me, I'm a very cynical person. I'm 53 years old and uh, most people fall flat. Most people promise you and under deliver. That's just, it's a shame, but that's the way it is in life. People say they're going to do a great job then they don't. Um, but I found that they are so agent centric. Like from the brokers to the customer service people, it's like they treat you like a customer. They're so happy to help. It's almost like um, like one of these movies you watch where everyone's a nice robot. It's like they're so freaking happy to help. You know what I mean? Yeah. They never get upset. They respond to emails quickly. Like when you transfer and they're handling like 300 agents in Ohio or, or, or uh, transferring right now or something like that. But they're still like really nice when you email them. It's it's almost weird. It's, it's like I don't know how they can keep it up. I don't know how they keep it up. I don't know, but, but they are is amazing. Like it it truly is amazing. Yeah, I feel the same way. Well, listen, it's been a half an hour. 
um, you've given us a lot of information, uh, building your team, uh, relationships. They really appreciate you coming on here today. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to Building Stronger Agents podcast. Please give us a good review. Uh, it helps us get pushed out to more agents. And uh, uh, we'll continue bringing you interviews with amazing, amazing agents like Amy Hose in Medina, Ohio. Mm-hmm.